Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we've got something really cool lined up today. We have a massage therapist south of the border. Her name is Sarah Newberry. She is in Missouri and she does some really cool stuff. She's been a licensed massage therapist for 10 years? Since 2007. Whatever the math is there. Right on. And um, you do barefoot massage. You've taught massage therapy. You've uh, had various types of practices. Why don't you uh, give our audience a little a little bit of a taste of what you got going on? All right. Um, hi, everybody. I am Sarah Newberry in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, like I said, I've been doing massage since 2007, and I've worked in various places. And the most recent, well, the longest venture, it seems like, is my private practice since 2012, where I actually employ other massage therapists, and we all specialize in barefoot massage. So we don't do any hands-on massage in the studio. It's just ashiatsu, Thai massage. And we're about to start Fijian massage as well. That's really cool. I'm really curious as to the backstory. Like, what made you decide to get into massage in the first place? And how do you move from very traditional uh, massage therapy into barefoot? I kind of was, uh, you know, drifting in the wind whenever I was much younger and thought, well, I'll try this massage thing out for a little while and see what that's all about. And then it ended up kind of sticking. And now I can't even imagine doing anything else in my life. So, you know, it was one of those happenstance moments, but, um, I was working for a chiropractor at the time whenever I started to, uh, do barefoot massage and he had moved offices and, and kind of shoved all of us massage therapists in these tiny little rooms where we had no room to work. And the only place to work was above the table. And at the time I was doing a lot of circus stuff and acrobatic things. So I was kind of already used to using my entire body for my entertainment. So I thought, well, why don't I just do this with massage as well? And I took my first class in 2011 and I kind of retired my hands and I've been doing nothing but barefoot massage ever since then. And now I've ventured into sharing my passion for barefoot massage with other massage therapists. So I also teach barefoot massage to other therapists through the Center for Barefoot Massage. That's awesome. I understand the small space and then having to get really creative. But before that, was there an interest in doing barefoot massage? Like north of the border, you know, I haven't seen it too much. And I know that there's therapists, you know, throughout Canada that do do it. But uh, I mean, I I haven't been overly exposed to it. Maybe that's just me. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know too much about it. Like, how did you get exposed to it in the first place? Well, I think that um, it was sort of one of these things that we talked about in massage school a little bit, but it was sort of the same thing, like, well, nobody's really doing it, so we don't really know much about it, but it's a thing that people do somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of, um, I had to definitely seek it out. Uh, and then, you know, we have to do continuing education and it just seemed like an opportune situation. I needed to get creative and I needed continuing education, so boom, there you go. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I haven't really looked back since. <laughs> no no more hands for you, eh? No, not really. All right, so other than the contact surface, which is obvious, what are the major differences between, you know, very traditional Swedish massage therapy and uh, and barefoot? Well, the major draw for me is, is physics, right? It, a lot of people like deep pressure massage. 
And I think part of that is because they're looking to feel something, right? Mm-hmm. And because I can work above the, the body, I'm working with physics and gravity where the pressure is going, moving downward. Um, I can just like set my foot on someone and they're getting a very, what feels like therapeutic to them, a therapeutic depth without overextending my body at all, right? So I really like the physics aspect of it. But then there's also the broad surface of the foot which diffuses the intensity. So you know there's a big difference between massaging someone with the palm of your hand versus the boniness of your elbow, and that experience is different for the client, right? So the broad surface of the foot delivers the deep pressure, but it's not that pokey sort of deep, ouchy feeling that sometimes the elbows give. Right, so you can have that deep pressure without that very small surface area that allows you to get that deep pressure when you're not using your feet, right. when you're using your hands. Correct. Right on. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the training for it because I've had, you know, barefoot massage done twice. And to be honest with you, I wasn't even expecting it. It's not something I even went into treatment for. And the therapist just kind of got up on the table and started doing work. And I was like, whoa, this is really cool. But then I started thinking about like, okay, well, where do you go to get training for this? How long is the training? And I was also thinking like, "Mm, this feels really good and I understand how this works, but how would you compare it to using your hands in terms of, you know, things like being able to palpate and, you know, locate structures and get specific with with your feet in in comparison Mm -hmm. to what you can do with your hands? So let's start with with the training because I'm really curious about that. Give us um, how long the training is and what the training is all about because you you instruct this as well so give us that aspect right, of it right so um i can also give you some kind of things that i hear from some of my students that they get a little fearful of and i can kind of dispel some of those things because i haven't met someone that i can't teach this to yet i'm not saying that it's not possible but i haven't met someone yet that i can't teach this to so um first of all the training is a the there's obviously levels just like any other, you know, as any other type of something you learn. There's like a basic level and then you move on, right? So the, the first level is the fundamentals. And um, that's a three-day course. And in that class, you get to learn not only strokes, it's how to use your feet. So you get the fundamentals of how to use your feet. So that's where we talk about palpation, talk about anatomy. Um, the Center for Barefoot Massage and our brand of Ashiatsu is very anatomy focused mm-hmm. and um, very results based. So it's very therapeutic, but also intuitive. It's sort of bridging that gap that we did talk about earlier. But um, the three day course, it gives you how to use your feet, how to market and talk about this work to your clients. So there's a business piece to it. And then what kind of materials you need to be successful. So we use overhead bars that are stationary on the ceiling. We use an Ashiatsu strap. Where to get the, that information? Where to, how to install it? Um, you know, what kind of ceiling do you have? And, and that sort of thing. So we kind of equip you with everything that you need to know to get started. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that it's, it's not that easy to just like jump up on the table and just start using your feet the next week. There is a bit of like practice and fine tuning your feet and feeling, feeling your way around that we always kind of suggest heavily to practice a couple couple times before just going and asking money for it you know yeah that makes the most sense yeah 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 but you know um and also to speak to that which i think we'll probably get to a little bit more later but you know using your feet is something that you learn it's 
not always intuitive for everyone, but it can become intuitive. I always, I always like to compare it to, you know, whenever they say, like, test the baby's bath water with your elbow because your hands are desensitized. It's sort of like we keep our feet in shoes, and our, our feet are actually maybe more sensitive sometimes than our hands can be. Right. Um, so if you just bring, I would say this in class, like you got to bring your brain down to your feet, start thinking about your feet and what they're feeling underneath them, and you can begin to feel just as much as you would with your hands and maybe even more. Wow. I mean, I know I do. I feel way more with my feet these days than I do with my hands. That's awesome. That sounds like a really difficult, fine-tuned skill that takes kind of years to get it to where you're at now. Well, I mean, there's definitely a difference between someone who I just hired at my at Soulshine versus like someone who... My, like myself, who's been doing this for a long, long time. Yeah. So I'm looking at the picture from the Missouri Barefoot Massage Training Facebook page. And so I just had a couple – excuse me if any of my questions sound really stupid. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> All right. So a massage table, regular massage table is okay with this? Regular portable table? Yep. Sure thing. I mean, I like to use um, a certain brand. Okay. Um, but that's just personal preference, you know. I like – it because it's a little bit more squishy than just like a flat little cushion, you know. I like right. to have a nice cush for my clients to feel comfortable. Okay. And another s- question, and it's probably going to sound really stupid and really insensitive. Does it matter the size <laughs> of the therapist? Like if I'm a really, really big dude, yeah. does that make this more difficult? Or if I have, you know, it's significant, you know, at shoulder, upper back, you know, upper, upper torso weakness, like, you know, I don't have strength. Mm-hmm. Like, are these things needed to do this? Well, that's something that people always ask is, am I too big for this work? And and honestly, it's not about your size. It's about how you move your body. Right. Um, you know, it's it's not about, and especially right off right out of the gate, we're not telling you, okay, put your whole entire body weight on someone. Like, no, that's not smart or safe. So we we teach you how to use your body in a in a way that's productive and. Um, gradual, right? So you, you learn how to use your body and your feet, and then you move on to the next level, which then you might learn to use two feet or in a different way that's, that's possible for you to, to build muscle, to gain strength in the way that you need for your body. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I find it yeah. so fascinating. I'm staring at this picture. I can't stop staring at it because I've, <laughs> I, like I said, I've had this done, but I was face down. I had no idea what was going on, you know, above me. Yeah. That's one thing our clients always say a lot is like, I couldn't even tell that was your feet. Once, once you got on the table, like, and you moved around so quietly, I didn't know that it was your feet at all. It was just, it felt like just a really deep hands-on massage. So it's, it's possible. So the majority of people that, that you have dealt with that take this training, what's their scenario? I mean, like, what's the, what's the background there? Are they, are you seeing the majority of people have, you know, been doing traditional massage therapy and they're like, I want something different. I want something new. Or are you finding that you're getting like a lot of new grads that are just like, Hey, I want to learn this right away. Um, I see two main, mainly two different types of therapists. Um, the therapist who's been doing massage for years, you know, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, and they're burnt out, they're tired, their body's giving out on them. They start to look into this because they want to give them their clients continue deep pressure, but they just can't physically do it anymore. Right. And then the other person is someone who's just kind of bored and they're 
they're sort of like, what's next? I don't know what to do. And they're kind of looking to be revitalized. And, you know, I've been doing this now for a long time, and I'm still probably equally engaged and inspired by this work than it was the first day that I learned it. So there's still so much that hasn't been created. Um, I just co- I just co-created a, a class that's never been taught before um, called Hot Ashi, which is where we actually use the Mother Earth pillows underneath our feet in between the client and using teaching the, the students how to manipulate the pillow with their foot. So it's like they're, we're just sort of like at the tip of the iceberg on what we're going to be able to teach with our feet. There's still so much more to learn, so much more to create with this work. Right on. I'm I'm digging this. Tell me about your <laughs> tell me about your classes. Then are, are a large number of participants, small number of participants? Is this something that's just kind of growing in your community? Or yeah, well, um, in my in my studio, uh, in if you go on my website, you can see pictures of the studio, and you can see that I have five sets of bars in my teaching studio. So I only see ten students at a time. So the classes are really small and intimate because I want to be able to give everyone the attention that they deserve to be able to really soak this up and learn what they can in the three days that we have mm-hmm. in the in the beginning, the fundamentals class. Tell me about the business then, the business side of barefoot massage. Are you finding that there's a lot of clients that are requesting this or do you feel like it's kind of like you have to sell clients on the idea that, hey, I'm I'm going to be using, you know, my feet versus, you know, traditionally what you might be expecting. <laughs> Well, um, I since I've been teaching for a little while now, and I've seen you know a wide array of students, and they do different things with it once they leave my class. But for me, I've employed eight different massage therapists, and they all full time work here. They don't have other jobs. So if that's kind of a testament to what can be done, yeah. it's totally possible to have a business set up on just doing one niche. You know, I don't. I don't like to be so rigid like that. I don't like to just be like barefoot's the only way because I don't think that that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just what we specialize here. You know what I'm saying? So there's lots of times clients will call because we oftentimes come up on the top of the SEO Google search, which is great. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And they're looking for something else like Reiki or lymphatic drainage or something. And we refer those people out because it's just not what we specialize in here. So it's definitely possible, you know. Um, but I've seen other people still continue to do hands-on massage, and it's sort of just like a menu item. So I've seen it kind of work in lots of different ways. Personally, I just believe I like to specialize because I like to know that I'm doing one thing really well than trying to do like 20 things kind of half-assed, you know? Yeah, for sure. And that's that's honestly an, an awesome business move, right, is to get your niche to solve the problem with that community that is looking for a service of yours or specializing in this in this uh, particular modality, and I can see how you know you've grown your practice to uh, you know have eight therapists working for you or with you. It's it's really an awesome thing you got going on here. Well, and I think that from a business perspective too, you develop loyal clients whenever you give them the information that they actually want. Trying to solve all their problems with one thing isn't necessarily what they need. Mm-hmm. So I like to build my community with the other massage therapists in my city that do specialize in XYZ massage so that I can refer those clients to that person and that client really appreciates that I'm not just like 
seeing them as a dollar sign or a number that I'm actually caring about their well-being and, oh, you're looking for this? Okay, cool. I know that person. So it's like it positions me in a way that I'm an authority in massage in general, but it also then gives them what they're looking for. Yeah, definitely. I dig it. We were also talking a little bit off mic about your philosophy when it comes down to massage therapy. And uh, I think you have some really interesting things to say about that. Why don't you give the audience a little piece of uh, what we briefly wrapped on? Yeah. Well, so I've been in, I've been doing massage now for a long time. And I've been really invested in my community, both locally and, you know, bigger picture, both like worldwide, nationwide, all those things. Um, And I've just been noticing a lot of trends that I think are kind of interesting that we tend to find ourselves in polarizing situations. You know, we have these people who are like all about science and if it's not researched, it doesn't exist. And then you have this other side that's like very woo and spiritual and um, it's just a different, like they they seem to be very polarizing. Mm-hmm. And I just find that there's an opportunity to sort of bridge that gap. And that's where I try to really come from whenever I'm talking to either my clients or my students and really offering them an option that's not necessarily so extreme because I just don't know if extremes are really helpful for anyone. Were you ever on any one of the extreme sides? Like how is, how is, how is, how is your whole philosophy and mindset changed through your years of experience? Yeah, I will, before I even went to massage school, I grew up in a really small town and there was one yoga teacher and she kind of introduced me to all kinds of spiritual stuff. And I was doing Reiki before I even went to massage school. So I I came into massage very much from that extreme. That's so interesting. Because we did a podcast, yeah. we did a podcast with uh, Rebecca Overson, and she had this. She, she she essentially got introduced to massage the same kind of way, right? She had an injury, mm-hmm. and she went to go see a friend's mother who does body work, and then she was introduced to Reiki, and then she kind of started off her practice in this very kind of energy type of place, and then she mm-hmm. she found it to be kind of difficult to build a practice. Um, yeah. just with that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. So you started there. I Yeah, and I chose a school that was very centered around that, right? And then as I went to school and then I started working for the school in the bookstore and more in the administrative side and I started to learn about like how to actually operate a school, um, I got really kind of interested in that and then like the business side of things started to fascinate me as well. So wait, and wait, wait. That sort of opened, I, like, I, I, I want to know because I don't know much about uh, massage therapy education in the United States. When you say that school mm-hmm. was very much kind of of that nature, are there are there different educational institutions that kind of teach different things or is there like kind of standardized massage therapy curriculum throughout, you know, at a community or throughout a certain state? How does that work? Well, you're t- happen into some things that I have some really strong opinions about, but well, let's hear um, these opinions. I, let's let it fly. Let's let it, by the way, uncensored, yeah. you can let this, you can let this thing go. Cause I, I, I'm really curious about the education in the States. It's my personal opinion that I, I think that there needs to be more, um, kind of, I don't want to say standardized education, but some sort of like body of folks that are coming in and checking to make sure that the schools are teaching something similar so that whenever there's crossover or reciprocity from state to state, and and I say, I went to massage school. If I moved to a different state, that state would know, okay, well, she had at least this much 
in anatomy and physiology, this right. much in theory, this much in XYZ things, right? And it's just not like that. A lot of, I mean, I think it was designed that way and it's maybe supposed to be that way, but in practice, it just doesn't look like that. Mm-hmm. And what I've gathered, especially from the schools in my local community, is that there t- it tends to be based off of philosophy more so than anything else. So one school could be like, I think that energy work is super important, so I'm going to really put that in there. Or another school is like, I think that you know, anatomy and physiology is really important, so we're going to put a lot of that in there. And so it's kind of not very consistent. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is then the, the general public, like the clients, are getting a mixed, mixed understanding of what massage actually is and what it is not. Right. So I think that... I think that it kind of goes back to like that core education and somebody or a group of people sort of saying, this is what massage should or could be, and this is what we're going to teach. Then what you go and learn after that is, you know, your own prerogative. You can choose the sky's the limit on that, you know? Um, but as far as like core education, we should all be able to come to the table and be like, yeah, we all, we all agree on this thing is massage. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's sort of where, I go with it, and that's what I learned whenever I was working at the school that I went to. You know, there was just so much variance on what passed for, okay, like, that's what massage is, you know. Um, and a lot of the theory, I think, is antiquated sometimes and kind of left in the past when it could be updated. So so going from a, a school that's kind of on the the energy side, the woo side, as you said, how how have you evolved from that then? Because I I don't well, feel like if you're if you're out to kind of bridge that gap, then you're yeah. definitely not in you know in the woo corner one hundred percent right. Yeah. So when did you right. when did you kind of start to move away from one side and start embracing some other stuff? Well, as I started to learn about you know what was required to own a massage school and start one and have federal funding and and things like that, I started to learn that there were other things out there. And that's kind of whenever I started to doing, doing research, you know, getting really curious about like, what, what was I taught? And is that accurate? And is there more to learn that should have been included in my core education and not necessarily in continuing education? Right. Um, as a continuing education provider, I find myself kind of reteaching a lot of people that maybe you know, maybe they were out of school for a long time or they just weren't ever taught certain things that are pretty crucial to our, to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, looking, so I think that that burden sometimes falls on the continuing education provider when it really should be falling on the core education. Yeah. So looking back then on your core education, the formal education that you had at massage therapy school, do you feel a little mm-hmm. bit ripped off on that? Do you feel like, Ooh, they dropped the ball on that on me. And it's a good thing that I was uh, like, it's a good thing that I was, you know, aware enough to, to, to want to do my own research and, and figure out, you know, am I missing something? Is that, is that an accurate yeah. description there? Yeah. I mean, to simply say, yeah, I would say that. Um, I, I've heard from other students the same thing. I mean, I think that the school I went to is really great in a lot of ways, that they open your mind to a lot of, like, really cool things that you could do with massage, but there's just not enough time in the day to, like, teach everybody everything. Right. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, let's prioritize what's most important, you know? And then, like I said, then you take your interests and you go learn about that beyond your core education. Yeah. 
So you're moving away from that corner and now you're embracing some other stuff. That's where we kind of left off before yeah. I, I yeah. chimed in. So tell me about the journey out of, out of the Woo yeah. corner, out of the Woo corner. <laughs> so I was, I was um, moderating or adminning a Facebook group and there was one person who just always kind of popped on these, these threads and she was kind of rude sometimes and really kind of, crass and I but she made really valid points if you if you read between the lines of all the like emotion and attitude that people were viewing mm-hmm. I was like wow she really like had a lot of valid things to say so I started kind of asking her questions because she was in my local community luckily I had her close but I would just start asking questions and she sort of directed me towards the pain science community right. and I started kind of like falling down that rabbit hole of like, oh, this stuff is really cool and research is awesome and it's actually out there and it's available to us. Um, But then I've also found that like, that's not everything either, you know? So it's kind of like there has to be sort of this bridge because the the extremes just don't work. (laughs) They just don't work. I agree with you on that. I mean, evidence-based practice, yes, it's very important, obviously, to have the root of what you're Mm -hmm. doing based based in some sort of evidence. But but there's something else to be said about research that at the end of the day, you can find research that really supports anything, right? Right. You can find research on either side of this battle that that if you look hard enough, you'll find it. And there's a whole bunch of other reasons why research, you can't really, you can't, you can't put uh, all your eggs in one basket on research because research is political. Research is biased. There's, you know, you know what I'm saying on that? So, well, and, and research was essentially meant to evolve. So it's, it, it's not perfect in nature. And, and if you really understand science and you understand people who are doing research, they'll tell you that too. Um, so you can't live and die by research. It's just, that's not sustainable either. Exactly. So how are you, how are you, uh, how are you bridging this gap? Um, well, I find that educating my students is really key in that the language that they use is really important. Um, so you can't go making claims, right? You can't just say like, I've heard some really wild things. Some of the most wild things I've heard of are like, uh, massage can cure dandruff. Like, really? Like, <laughs> really? And, you know, so it's really important to like make claims that are grounded in research or at least have some sort of connection to research. Or it's okay to also say, you know, I don't know. I've just seen, and that's a different experience than saying, yes, massage can do this. Exactly. And I um, think that's a big thing that that one corner kind of misses the idea. Evidence-based practice practitioners, they're not, they're not, they seem like they're just out to get the other sides. You know what I mean? But it's not so much that yeah. they're out to get the other side. I feel they're more like, hey, other side, use the language properly. Like we're not saying that there's no subjective positive outcomes for what you're saying. We're not saying there's no, yes, there's incidental evidence that kind of works with you, but it's not rooted in evidence. But just stop with the fucking claims, right? I think that's what, what, what they're most bothered by. Yeah, I mean, and I also think ethically speaking, it's really important that we, you know, and this is in more research-based world, but like, it's really important that we're not telling our clients that, you know, Reiki is massage or like certain energy modalities is massage whenever that's, you're not even touching someone. So how is that massage, you know? So it's kind of like you have to bridge that gap. And and it's, I think that it is sort of an ethics thing that 
that, okay, I know this thing that can, that might help you. So I've been trained in Reiki. I, it might help you, but I, I need you to understand that that's not what massage therapy is. Right. So right. again, using the language and the verbiage to educate your client, but also allowing them to feel safe knowing what they're getting themselves into, mm-hmm. you know? That makes so much sense. And that that ethical part of it is so huge. The language that you yeah. use and what you're telling your patients or your clients and and have, making sure that they understand what they're getting into. That is so important. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I think the other thing about claims is that um, we have this sort of, I don't even know what to call it, but this idea that massage isn't enough. Or like relaxation isn't enough, and it, it sometimes that's all someone really needs, you know, is some relaxation um, to feel their best or to to feel better than they than they did. I just wish that some massage therapists would understand that that massage is enough, and that's what I gathered from the people that I kind of connected to in the research evidence based pain science world is that. That's what they're trying to essentially say is the research shows that relaxation is very therapeutic, it's very beneficial, and why can't that be, that why can't that be enough? That we, you know, so we don't have to make these kind of wild claims. Or just saying like, I don't know how this works, it might work, it might not work, and why can't that be okay too, you know? Right, right, right. And again, it just goes back to the language. As long as you're not, as long as you're you're walking that ethical boundary you're you're within the boundaries there and you know you're not you're not informing your patients of anything that you 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 can't prove to be the way it is right 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 on so tell me what else you got going on i love what you do (laughs) it's so interesting to me well you know one of the things that um i have really discovered as a teacher is that i love being a massage therapist because i make i make my clients life a little bit easier you know i help them feel their best Mm -hmm. But when I start to teach, then I feel like that sort of drop, the ripple is even more extreme, right? Because then I'm teaching you to do that to all of your clients. So my contribution to the world is tenfold. And I think that that's one of the coolest things um, about teaching. And so I love, I love teaching, but I also, in that same vein, love that I can provide a space for my staff to feel nurtured and cared for as employees and not like they're being taken advantage of um, or misclassified. And I think that that's another big issue in our industry that I I see conversations on Facebook and some of the other forums all the time about misclassification. And I think that there's not enough places in our industry for therapists to work that they feel valued and cared for and that their artistry is appreciated that's another that's another avenue that you know I've kind of been innovative in that way that you know we're doing a niche service and my people are taken care of and they're they're well cared for and they're employees and I think that that sometimes gets this like oh I don't ever want to be an employee I'm my own free spirit and it's like they get to be their free spirits here <laughs> and yeah. go about the world and do their thing and have a place where they can clock in do their work feel good about what they do and they go home, they have enough money to eat food, you know, they, they're being taken care of. And I think that that's something else that you don't hear a lot of, but it's totally possible if we just have the right pieces in place. Definitely. And you're providing that platform. I love it. Yeah. That's excellent. And it's so much fun. Like I get to 
come to work in yoga pants and I don't have to sit at a desk all day. Like, how rad is that? You know, it's pretty cool. I don't even know how people do it. I don't know how. I, 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 I'm unemployable. I can't work for anybody. I've said that on many podcasts <laughs> before. I can't do it. I can't take instruction from somebody. I, I'm, a, I'm too much of a free spirit, and massage therapy tends to work really well for me that way. Yeah. Well, and you know, that's the thing is I just want to see this group of people as massage therapists thrive, whether that is owning your own business. If you're kind of have an entrepreneurial spirit like I do, I want to see you succeed in that, you know, and, and if you don't and you want to just like work for someone else, that's totally possible too. But it's about finding the right place for you in the time that you are. Cause sometimes that changes too, you know, like sometimes you need employment, sometimes you need to be in your own business. And so noticing when the time is to switch that is really important. And so it, having people in your corner that can kind of help guide you and coach you into that is really, I think, important as well. Have you always had that entrepreneurial mindset? Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I wasn't born with it, but, um, and again, like to bring in the woo stuff, like I am a Taurus, so they say astrologically that I am business minded. I don't know. <laughs> so when, so when did that, that, that fire get lit? to be like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go on this and I'm going to go full force. Like there's got to be something there. I find that everyone, well, everyone that takes on a massive project like this with such conviction and passion, there's this fire on the inside of your soul that, that I, ignites it. Yeah. I have always been a passionate person. Even whenever I was a young kid, whether it was about music or art or dance, I've always been passionate about something. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was whenever I was working for that chiropractor and misclassified as an independent contractor when I should have been an employee. Yep. And that just really pissed me off because I felt taken advantage of and I, I felt um, like I wasn't equipped with the things that I needed to know to advocate for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I just really took that on and I was just like, screw this. I'm doing it on my own. And, I luckily had, you know, people in my corner that helped me with like things like taxes and marketing, things I didn't really know much about, um, you know, and I'm, I'm from, you know, the Midwest in a really small town. So I've always had that sort of like connection thing, like, who do you know? How do I get to know them? And here's what I'm up to. And this is why you should join me kind of thing. You know, it's like very hospitality-ish. Mm -hmm. So that's always played in my favor as well. Um I think it's just I kind of a combination of things and a drive to succeed. And then it became sort of like, wow, I'm misclassified. Wow, I'm not being treated well. How many other massage therapists are in the same situation and they don't even know it or they don't know how to get out of it? They don't know how to advocate for themselves. And that's where kind of my business started from at that point. Did anyone in your in your journey to do all this say to you, like, what are you doing? Stop. Like, this is, this is crazy. This is going to be a lot of work. This is, this is not going to succeed. You're not going to succeed at this. Yeah. Go back to the car. Yeah. We're talk. divorced now. <laughs> oh, is, is, okay. Tell me, tell um, me about that. Yeah. If you, if you, if you're comfortable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, we were married and the, every conversation was, this is how much money is this going to cost? And, um, you know, you've got too much on your plate and I don't really know how to operate without a lot of things on my plate. So like, I don't really do well with being bored. So it's like, okay, well, what, what's the next project? What's the next big thing? And, um, yeah, so we're divorced now, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, 
other than that, I've always had really strong people in my life that um, were, you know, cheering me on and, and also intrigued by it. So it was sort of like, wow, you're doing this thing. How do I, how do I help you? And so it was like, well, I need a tax person. Well, I need, you know, how do I work QuickBooks? Things like that. Things that make a business actually keep running. Stuff that doesn't always, it's not always like glamorous. Do you, do you get any blowback from other massage therapists about the barefoot stuff? Like, do you get anyone saying like, come on, really? This is, this is not what massage therapy is all about. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe they say that behind my back. I don't know. Um, I think that I'm just kind of this jovial person that brings people in. And so it's kind of like, hey, this is really cool. I find it cool. Um, you might not. That's cool. I'll refer to you yeah. if I need to. Um, but I don't know. Maybe, they're, maybe they say that. But I'm going to keep going yeah. and keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> right on. I like what you do. You know, I think, too, that I've, like, supported enough of their ventures too, that like, they know that it's not, I'm not cutthroat. You know, I do believe that there's more than enough clients out there for everyone, no matter what your niche is. You know, it's like you said, you haven't really heard much about it. Well, there's still people in my city that don't know about me yet. Mm -hmm. And I always say that yet, because I do events all the time. I'm out in the public. I'm always kind of out there. Um, but yet I still know there's tons of people in my city and I live in a small city that have not received care from massage. So, you know, the possibilities are kind of endless. Yeah. So what's what's next on the growth train for you? Where do you want to take this whole thing? <laughs> well, I mean, right now I'm kind of settling into some teaching. And I really enjoy that. Um, you know, we've entertained the idea of growth in the way of space, like getting more massage rooms and bringing on more staff. Um, we just, uh, we just started this teaching thing maybe, I guess like two years ago now or a year ago. And so that's, I, I feel like that's still in the growth process. And, you know, I'm kind of switching my role where I don't really see clients as much anymore. My staff do. Right. So it's more like my role is in supporting them, helping them with different things that come up with the clients. Um, and then, my role is going to grow more into supporting the students and coaching them in their business and private private coaching and barefoot massage. So it's kind of, that's where my train is going. Right. I dig it. I dig it. You're very self-aware. It's it's really refreshing. Did you? Did oh, you know? well, thank you. <laughs> you, you. You know you're self-aware, right? Yeah. It's funny that you use those words specifically because it's something that we've been talking about a lot in the studio with some of our clients, you know, because I think some of the clients come in and they're like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, New Year self-care. Like, I'm going to do this thing. But then they start to be rude and they think that we're here to, like, pamper them and cater to them and, like, it's like, oh, self-care sometimes is selfish, but self-aware is a different kind of person. Someone who's self-aware is like, hey, I know I need to take care of this body that I have. How do I do that? They're curious. They're questioning, like, what do you know? What can I, what can I learn from you? And it's more of a sustainable sort of self, like self-awareness is just way more sustainable, I feel like. And self-care has become this, like, trendy topic, and it's, I think its original definition has kind of gotten lost 
in some some places. So it's kind of interesting that you use those words because that's something we've been talking about a lot around the studio. I, I can't say it enough. I really I really am into what you do. I'm so happy. <laughs> well, that thanks. You should come down to St. Louis and take my class. I think I think I might have to. There you go. Or you know, I'll come up to Canada. I think that that would be kind of fun too. That'd be a fabulous idea because I keep kicking around the thought of putting together a, a conference and bringing up some of you cool guys that are doing some awesome stuff down there that you know you just don't see tons of it up here really yeah i mean i I don't know i mean i've been a massage therapist for i don't know like 15 years now i've been involved in healthcare. i've been a registered kinesiologist or kinesiologist for like 20 years and i I, because we're i I don't know how i want to say this it's such a weird thing and I was talking about this in, in another podcast we did just recently. We're considered healthcare professionals because I understand in the States it's a little bit different because you have like medical mm-hmm. massage and maybe you should do this. Can you tell me the classifications of massage therapy in the States? Because I get a little bit confused. I'm not going to lie. I look at the Facebook groups and I I see some stuff and, I, and I'm not all there on it. Give me the rundown if well, you can. Well, I can only... I can only really speak for Missouri because that's what I know the most about. Okay. But what I understand is that, like, in Missouri, we're licensed massage therapists. You get a license from the state that says you're safe to touch people. Okay. Um, in other states, they have, like, registered massage therapists, and I don't really understand the distinction between the two. Right. So there is a difference between, like, a registered massage therapist in the states and a certified massage therapist in the states and a licensed massage therapist? Like, are they all different types of things, or does that just go state to state to state? I I think it's a, it's just a matter of state requirements and what they like the words they choose to use. Gotcha. And w- is there a distinction between like medical massage therapy? Well, that's an interesting one that I don't really know enough about either because someone was just talking about this the other day saying that medical massage was just simply, you know, a brand of something um and then other people are like no it's a real thing that should be real. So I, I haven't taken the class, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, because I was looking in one of the Facebook groups, one of the Facebook groups in Canada, and this gentleman, he's from the States, and he posted something about medical massage. And then everyone in, you know, everyone in that Facebook group in Canada was like, whoa, what we do is medical massage. Like, where are you getting this term from? We're, we're regulated healthcare professionals here. And then someone's like, yeah. oh, no, this, this gentleman's from the U.S., and that's a, that's a term that they use there. So – what I was saying yeah. before is like when I'm talking about the whole idea of putting together a conference, I feel like there's a massive disconnect between a certain entrepreneurial spirit, a certain thirst to make a business and thrive for business and massage therapy in Canada because, you know, you're seen as a regulated healthcare professional. So in other words, there's mm-hmm. almost there's almost shame behind mm-hmm. the concept of making money, making a profit because your your job is to help people. Well, obviously we're helping people yeah. and that's why we're all in in the first place. Like every person that goes to massage therapy school, you know, the first day of class, well, why are you here? What do you want to get? Well, I'm here because I, I took it because I want to help people. Like that's always the answers. So there, there's always this little bit of shame that I'm that I'm now starting to notice a lot when it comes mm-hmm. to the business side and making money at doing yes. this. And I think yes. that's one of the biggest differences between the way you guys see it down there and the way we see it up here. And just the same way you're looking to bridge that gap between the woo and the science. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, we gotta we gotta take some of these ideas that you guys are just kind of exploding out with. 
and and, and mm-hmm. start working with them here. Even the coaching, I haven't seen a lot of this in Canada. Massage business coaching, massage business mentoring. You know, there's a couple of people that probably do it here and there, but it's not like a primary source of business for them. Where I've been mm-hmm. talking to a couple of your colleagues, and it's like this is their job. This is what they do. They're they've yeah. actually retired mm-hmm. their hands and uh, and sold mm-hmm. their clinics, and and now they're they're looking to you know help as many people as they can. I'm like that is the coolest fucking thing ever. Like we need that up here. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I definitely yeah. Like to get you guys uh, you know, I follow a bunch of people across the country down here, and there are some people doing some really badass things. Um, that I'm just like, why didn't I think about that? That's really creative. That's really cool. So I, yeah, I, I mean, I do see like a big polarizing in that world too, where it's like, there are people who are like hungry, you know, like, they're like I'm going to make all the money doing this. And then there are some people who are like, I'm afraid to charge anything. And it's like, there has to be some sort of balance there, right? Like we all have to keep the lights on. We all have to like make money doing this and there shouldn't be shame in that. It should be celebrated that we're like making money doing this, in my opinion. It's I mean, I'm really proud of what I've created and I think it's like I'm on the top end of what I charge in my community and I would charge way more if my colleagues on the bottom end wouldn't catch like if they would just catch up with me trust that that the clients will pay it i would raise my rates even more mm-hmm. you know but i can't like outmarket myself either so i just but that being said that doesn't mean that i'm like greedy or you know i i think that what we're doing is really valuable it's valuable it's worth what we charge you know it's like that's like a simple business equation to yeah. figure out you know oh, it's, sure. that's not even like emotional it's just that's what it is right on right on i totally dig yeah. it you're you're really cool man i totally dig it i'm so glad <laughs> we connected yeah totally and i have been um really digging your podcast too because i like the i what i've been seeing in trends a lot is the grit is coming out of more massage therapists and i think that's awesome i think that we need that kind of raw this is what it's like to be a massage therapist because when i went to school i thought i was going to turn into like this yogi that was going to float away on a cloud and now it's like (laughs) there's so many more people who are like you know they're grounded in it and they're like yeah we can make money doing this we can provide lots of really great results for clients and we can live with freedom and not sit at a desk and like basically wear pajamas to work and that's and we're still considered professional, you know? Yeah. I think that's the other thing, too. It's like all those things are possible, um, but you have to be kind of focused and stick to it. And and I think that more more people who are sharing, like, authentically what, what it is to run a business is super beneficial for those people who are just out of school or considering going to school and kind of knowing we can navigate it a little bit more. I, I love the more massage therapists are getting into technology, like doing these podcasts and social media and stuff, because it's a really cool way to share information quickly. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So give us a, give us a couple pieces before we uh, wrap on this. Someone is coming to you. They are a new grad and they're saying, Hey, uh, I'm thinking about this, this barefoot massage thing. Um, what do you, what do, what do you think I should do here? I think that they should, try to get their hands or their feet on as many bodies as possible. Um, They should try to 
connect with their community in massage therapy and don't take everyone's advice as gold. You know, we're all having our own experience and that they may have a completely different experience than me or you. And so learn it, absorb it, take it in, but then make it your own. Right on, right on. And one more, one more for the road here, because you got a very specialized thing going on. You've niched down on this super hard. Give us a, give us a little taste of what maybe some of the marketing, one of the marketing strategies looks like for something like this. For barefoot massage? Yeah. Um, you know, we use social media a lot. Um, we use visual a lot. We like to go out into the community and demonstrate what we're doing so that it sort of demystifies the what is this thing with your feet. Um, so we really like to get out into the community, and I think that that is a really great marketing tool. And it's possible. It's easy. It's we, We've done all the work to figure that out for you. It's just take the class, and we'll teach you. Right on. I dig it. Is there anything else you want to wrap on? Um, keep doing what you're doing, and we all need to come together to – lift each other up well said that's the key i dig it i dig it sarah this has been awesome thank you for spending some time with us over the phone you guys have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone we've been hanging out with sarah my name is mark until next time peace